audiences or to promote good shows already here. This is what's up for discussion. Give us your thoughts. Zoom in by computer or by Zoom. Go to WBAI's town hall webpage for the Zoom link information and phone number sign-in information. FM, WBAI, New York. The ice ice is gonna break, 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 Times have changed. Night shift again. 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 I'll be damn late. Now, where are my people? 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 Where are my people?
talking about it and I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, talking about this. Uh, I saw something, they saw something. There was a, a lot of light. That's all I know.
And you are tuned to listener-sponsored radio, WBAI 99.5 FM in New York and on the web at WBAI.org. I'm Mike Sargent. I am here with Joe Masiri and Mike from Jersey, who is actually not named Mike and is actually not from Jersey. But Joe Masiri, how are yes. you, sir? I am I am well, thank you. You are well. And how are you, Mike, who is not I from Jersey? Fabulous. All right, you're a little closer to the mic near. Back off just a just a tad there, son. Okay. Back off, man. You sound like, you know, a little little excited. All right. So uh we are going to do a, an old school night shift here. Uh and Mick, do you have headphones? I, on? I don't have, have headphones. headphones on? Do you you want me to put them on? All right, so you don't have Well, yeah, that way I would okay, not right in the background. That would that would be a good thing. All right. something like I said that is a little bit old school night shift where we're going to uh, catch up with each other. We're going to talk about what we've been doing. This is something Chris used to love to do. Ah, tell me about your week. What have you been doing? You know, and I always felt I always felt like I, I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? So this time I did do something so I can talk about my trip to Vegas. Oh, yeah. We can also talk about, yeah, we can talk a little bit about the Oscars. Yes. Okay. We can, all, we can also talk about how life, of course, is like science fiction. I have some science stories uh and 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 yeah it, it, life is so like science fiction at this point you know we were talking earlier off air about whether or not we should start a farm like a weed farm and sell you know night shift weed you know where the ad would be you know smoke this and life will be like science fiction you know your Something lungs like will but, feel like science fiction well, I don't know about that. You know, there's no there's no science to uh, prove it. Anyway, so all I'm saying is that life is so much like science fiction now that I, I really don't think anybody can deny it. So, and you guys mentioned something that once again, we were leading, uh, we were covering it before they did. What, what show yes. were you guys watching? Yes. Now, we just did a whole episode on AI last week. Yes. All right. And I got to tell you something interesting at the uh, uh, the reason I was in Vegas is I was invited to speak at a podcast conference, which I'll talk about. It's called Podcast Movement. But I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But there, one of the people that reached out to me and we didn't get to meet, but we're supposed to meet is they have a AI, first of all, is is taken off so quickly and is involved in every aspect of our life so quickly. It's amazing. But now they have an AI for podcasting. It'll do all the work of your team. And not soon enough. I've heard some of those podcasts out there. I'm just saying. It's called Momento AI. So I'm going to find out about that and tell you about this. But AI is just going to completely change everything. Mike from Jersey. That's what we were talking about last week. And, and it's, it's, and, and more because 
it's one of those things just like the internet, just like cell phones, just like computers in general, where we think it's going to be one thing. And we think we're going to use it for one thing, and it becomes a whole other thing and permeates and changes the way we interact completely. So that's what we were talking about last week. Can uh, I put more fiber in my diet? That's yes, what I to know. that's what you need to know. As a matter of fact, and, and you can ask and your my, AI. You know, sorry, I saw the... Yeah? I was just going to say, on this say? topic, I'm obviously not going to get into it. And I, I think I've told you this. I'm actually working on a script now that's related to artificial intelligence takes place in the future and it's uh takes place in the movie business and I'm, and that's all i'm gonna say but i i think i told you a little about this now first of all no you didn't but what you should do okay here's the secret to getting your film you know secret sauce. Cut, the secret sauce okay as a journalist the fact that you're making or writing the script should you know the movie itself should be something that's newsworthy besides right. the movie the movie of course whatever you want people so you should write this script about ai but ai assisted uh, one of those <laughs> ai programs help you write the script so that you could say this is an ai assisted script about ai okay there you go see genius all right when you win something thank me it's on tape stage here whatever it is you win there it is it's on tape that's right i told him so joe masiri i'm leaving the conversation <laughs> Joe Siri, I have a question for you. Because yes. I, I had never been Riddle to Vegas. Riddle me this, Batman. All right. I had never been to Vegas. Never? I, I had never been to Vegas. I had never wanted to go to Vegas because I don't gamble and I go to strip clubs. So for me, Vegas really held no allure other than, you know, I've seen in the movies uh, Vegas. Of course, my favorite reference is Diamonds Are Forever. But but I've seen, you know, the, the Hangover. I've seen Leaving Las Vegas. I mean, you know, all these movies were Vegas. And, and of course, growing up, I remember those commercials for that Robert Ulrich series, you know, Dan Tanner does something nasty on Vegas. You know, and there was a show called Vegas. I, I, it's just glitz and glamour vegas you know and you think of frank sinatra you think of casino the rat pack the brat pack exactly all of that that's rat vegas pack, not rat, the pack, rat pack, pack. That, i'm sorry the, the rat pack not the, <laughs> the rat pack not the brat pack yes you're excited so, come down shut up but all i'm saying is all my visions or views or perspective on vegas and i think a lot of people that are not from New York think this way about New York, but are from movies and TV shows. So I had never been, and I didn't really know what to expect. I remember hearing during the pandemic that Vegas was yes, yes. a ghost town. You know, they had shut everything down. You know, you saw these shots, drones going through Vegas, empty casinos, casinos. Anyway, so that's what I, you know, so I had never been to Vegas. Now, Joe Masiri, you have been to Vegas. I want to hear your Vegas stories. Why were you in Vegas? And what was your thought of Vegas? And are you like, are you that kind of guy? You're like, yeah, let's go to Vegas. You, me, Mike, let's go. We'll go get drunk and do the strip. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, there was that whole uh, switch where they wanted to make Vegas uh, more family appealing. So... They added in all the the entertainment and the areas that, like, you have Rodeo Drive and Fifth Avenue. They added that element to it. Um, 
it, it, it's it's no Disneyland. It's no Disney World. I mean, you know, I get the gambling. I get the big show. They reinvented the big show by creating the residencies now where they have talent come in and perform for anywhere a month to six months at a time. Um, and a lot of comedy. Just, uh, well, yeah, comedy was born in Vegas. That that was the birthplace of, of comedy. But it, it just – there's some other interesting things in Vegas that you wouldn't – know about unless you did the time to look into it you know what i mean there's there's a lot of countercultural stuff there's a really cool toy store uh called nightmare toys and they just opened up a nightmare cafe and and they do signings there and stuff with uh celebrities that they bring in from uh la you know, and and they do have some shows, and you can get to see some, uh, like off Broadway productions that have left that show up there every once in a while. I know that the Evil Dead musical had closed down and was running there for a long time, and I like uh, I like the Magic Axe, and I like Penn and Teller, and but as far as the gambling. And uh, the sporting events, that kind of thing. Not my cup of tea. I, I will say that I I have noticed that they're also now going in another direction. Where they're trying to create cre- create these oasises within the middle of the desert there with with these new like really resort themed uh, lodgings that they're oh, trying yeah, to yeah, build yeah, and yeah. create. The, the last time I was. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, I, you know, I, I go if there's an event that I'm attending, be it a, a pop culture show or a genre show or a uh, Hollywood trade show, a Halloween trade show, but I really... Halloween trade show? What the hell is that? They, they do Halloween. Halloween trade shows. What Like, what's the trade? Halloween well, stuff? Everything from costumes and makeup to guys who build props and sets for haunted attractions. And, wow, the Halloween! Yeah. And what is it called? What is this Halloween trade show called? Uh, there's this. There's more what, than one. There, there. Yes, there's, there's, I believe three, two, maybe three, and they uh, sometimes they switch up locations. Where they hold the event on the annual basis, so it moves around the country. So uh, one is called Haunted Attractions. Uh, another one has got uh, Halloween in the title, and another one has got uh, monsters. I mean, it actually—it's it, really interesting because at one point the Toy Fair used to run uh, a sideshow uh, on costumes. And accessories for costumes and and because that figured into like make believe and stuff for kids and then that uh, so these are like act- replicas no if yeah they'll build sets oh, wow. and stuff I've been actually uh, posting the last trade show that happened I was posting stuff from uh, what was going on at the event reblogging the stuff on the uh the Facebook, my Fe- Fears Mag Facebook account. 
So it was it was pretty impressive. And then uh, New York's very own um, Aurelio Voltaire, uh, who is a musician by trade, uh, started a few years ago doing this gothic lifestyle video on YouTube where he buys all this cool Halloween gothic merchandise and stuff. So he was actually at the last attraction too. He did a walkthrough and stuff because he was gonna he was checking it out to see if he wanted to market some of his products there. So but anyway We've digressed from Vegas. Yes, you have digressed from Vegas, but 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 let me ask you now, Joe. How many times have you been to Vegas? Uh, four times. Four times. And do you do? Have you done anything very, you know, Vegas? Have you done any like Vegas stuff? Yeah, drinking and and going to some of the <laughs> drinking, you know, a gamble. You can drink the, anywhere. Like what was so Vegas about drinking? It's yeah, like, exactly. gambled a little bit, walked the strip, saw a couple, saw Penn and Teller. You know, um, did you do Cirque du Soleil? I did Cirque du Soleil. I, you know what? I I just ever since Cirque du Soleil went to Vegas. I understand why it went because of its certain je ne sais quoi that it has to it. But I don't know. I, the, I, the Cirque du Soleil has his je ne sais quoi. I, I would I, I would rather see their non uh, installation is, uh, traveling show. Cirque du Soleil has je ne sais quoi. Yes, well, you know, Joe, you just, you know, you're just bitter, Joe. No, I'm not bitter. <laughs> it, it's It's it, it it it's how do I put it? I mean, if there's a Broadway show playing in Vegas, the best way I would describe it is is baroque or ostentatious. Baroque and ostentatious. Well, you know, I agree with both of those. That's that's an understatement. I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna get to my take on Vegas. After. I did go. Now, did you go to an oxygen bar while you were there? <laughs> no, but I saw the oxygen bar. I did, went. I, to, uh, I've done the oxygen bar. How was that? How, you've done the oxygen yes, bar. Yes. All right. So, so Mike from Jersey, you've been to Vegas. How many times have you been to Vegas? Uh, three times. And and the first time it was like. And what was the occasion? Were, well, were you the, there? Were you hungover? <laughs> well, yes. But the first time it was sort of like it was like out of the plot of um what's that movie swingers where we were like we were in los angeles like yeah man, let's drive to vegas and so it was one of those situations um and that was the first time and so i was and how old were you at the time uh step away from the this mic was uh this was the 20s so this was my 20s so uh this was the 20s so uh so a while ago wait who said step away from the mic who said that, that? would be mysterious you're, you're a little staticky mike who me or joe no, this is Joe saying, Mike Sargent, you're a little uh, staticky. Yes. Am I sound hot? Yes. You you need okay. to you need to inhale some static guard. Uh thank you. But I will but I will say in a different occasion. How about now, am I still uh hot? No, no, you're a little better. <laughs> Joe, I'm always hot. What are you talking about? <laughs> In a more recent so, occasion, in a more recent occasion, bringing it back to science fiction, they do uh, CES every year, which is generally in um, in January, and that's the technology show. And that's always that's always interesting because it's everything from 
televisions to uh, cars to to anything really, all technology related, all trying to be cutting edge on some degree. Um, so that's always interesting.
first of all, my first observation is that, you know, all of the hotels are so gigantic. It's the whole resort concept, which I'm yes. sure you, Joe, as a, as a travel agent gets. So the whole idea is like you literally could just stay there. There are restaurants, there's, you know, there's everything, you know, and uh, depending on where you're located, you know, you can just travel to a show or the strip or anything, quote unquote, Vegas like or any of the tourist attractions, because all Vegas really is, is a gigantic tourist trap. It's the biggest. I've heard Reno is really more where the better gambling is. That's what the locals told me or people who, who are gamblers told me because, you know, I, I almost wanted to record while I was down there. But I, I want to ask you, Mike, did you do anything uniquely, you know, Vegas while you were Well, there? yeah, you know, I did a little gambling. I won a breakfast. Uh, uh, Mike, from Jersey, back off Sorry. just a little bit. I won a breakfast. Yes, go ahead. You won a yeah, breakfast? Like a did you what? Did you sit through a... A uh, time no, <laughs> no, it's like a typical thing when you gam when you're gambling and you know you get comped drinks and and you can you know spend a certain amount of time at the table and maybe like somebody will come by and like hey here's a free, here's a free breakfast. It's like it's all kinds of shtick to get you to basically stay on the floor and to and to keep you gambling basically. And I was I was gambling a little, but not like you know wasn't dropping crazy amounts of money. I was just dropping a few bucks here and there in, in, a, in slow in slow motion, but. Uh, so a little bit of that. And what about you, Joe Masiri? Did you you say you gambled? Did you did you lose money, win money, break even? Refrain because I'm one of those uh, guys who when I start playing I get the yeah. fever. Ooh, fever. Okay, they, and it's nothing worse than when like you're 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 really up ahead and fever. You know, you, you lose a little, and then you get like, you know, you see red like the bull, and you're like, well, I'm going to win that money back, kind of thing. It's just like I've learned, I've, I've become more reserved in my years that, you know. Oh, uh, wait, I, wait. So when you when you say in your years, you, when was the first day? How old were you when you first went to Vegas? What was your first trip to Vegas? How old were you? Uh, 28-ish. Oh, wow. This is back when dinosaurs ruled the earth. <laughs> Right. Yes. When they were still blowing <laughs> stuff up in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> wow. So you were 28. So going to your Vegas in your 20s, so, so the whole Rickle, thing. Now, so what was Rickle the occasion? doing like a headlining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don Rick, you know, I, I think they, they still had uh, uh, Elvis Presley's mummy in the lobby. <laughs> Stop. Stop. The Presley mummy. I can see it. Oh, I can see it. People would, people would stop. Don't give sound effects. Yeah. The Presley mummy. But, but let me, let can, me ask you this, Joe. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, 28, what was the occasion? Why were you there? I was there for uh, some literary conference. I can't remember if it was uh, the, the world fantasy or something or whatever, but it was, it was, it was horror, science fiction, but it was a literary conference. Ah, I love it. I love it. Joe is like the, the nerd. See, and that was Vegas. what, if, if you really wanted, when, when they had the conferences, the literary conferences in New Orleans or Las Vegas, I'm trying to think where else, but it was like the writers did nothing to dispel the myth of them being lushes uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, gamblers because nobody was in any of the panels. They, they were all out there 
doing what, what do you mean doing? nobody you mean no, no none of the panelists or no 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 hilarious the panelists were there but if it wasn't their panel that they had to put their butt in the seat for right nobody was they, nobody was attending anybody else's panel exactly hilarious. well that's interesting that's interesting because I, I was I was there at this conference as the speaker, so I understand where you come from. All right, my my last question to you, gentlemen, uh, before I get into my my Vegas trip. Um, wait, it, it, is there another guest coming in? Is there a surprise oh, guest stop. star? It's oh my god, oh my god, surprise guest star. It 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 can it actually be? Is it is it? Is it Keith Brown? <laughs> Give the man a hand. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, yes. There it is. Yes, everyone, Keith Brown is here. We're, uh, why why we're does happy. it sound like Coliseum applause? <laughs> well, because we're playing to a live audience, Joe. Live, gigantic stadium the night shift stadium so keith we're talking about vegas uh i was about to give my take on vegas the, the audience who's cheering for you well we're gonna let the, the audience who's cheering for uh, come uh, no have you been to vegas have you ever been to vegas no i just came back yes, to i vegas. did i oh, okay i did go there once and, under the oddest circumstances but. all right well please tell me how old you were and why you were in vegas please Okay, I didn't hear your story, so I don't know how I'm coming in here with this. But I didn't I tell my ahead. story yet. Oh, why am I telling you? Go first. No, Joe and Mike from Jersey have already told the. I, I go last. I'm the host. This is special. <laughs> um, okay, there it is. I. It wasn't as mysterious, but I was working for a magazine. Believe it or not, I was a graphic designer, and I designed a magazine called. Pizza today. This oh my God! Excited. Wow! Go ahead. <laughs> and it was run by this guy who was a. Now, how old were you at the time? That's what we need to I know. Was, I, how was about, I was about thirty. Okay, thirty. So Joe was twenty-eight. Joe was twenty-eight. He was a he was a relatively young man at the time. He went right. And uh, so, Pizza Today, how, it was like a magazine for people who had pizza parlors and. So you, you know, partially it was articles about the equipment, articles about new recipes, articles about sausages, and you know, and I designed it. And um, we used to make the pizzas in, you know, for the for the covers and, and style them. Articles about sausages. Oh, <laughs> I seriously need to see an issue. Of Stop! I remember. I remember when you went for pizza today. Listen, exactly, yeah. exactly. It'll yeah. be, it'll be the thrill. You. It'll be a thrill. Go ahead, oh, Keith. I'm sorry. Anyway, in fact, the guy who ran it was a very interesting guy. He was a Vietnam vet who used to ride ride holic helicopters uh, in, when he was in the war, and um, he was a very weird guy. I remember he would give us our bonuses he, instead of like just put, give you hand you a check in an envelope. He would hand you money bags. <laughs> That had the money symbol on it and say, "Here you go." Stop. And he would, he would take us on helicopter rides. And he was I love great. it. Anyway, I love it. So, and he's and, he, and he's, he's played by Bill <laughs> Murray in the movie. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, so every year, the big the thing that really made him the money was all these people who subscribed to Pizza Today would go to this pizza convention oh that they put on, 
and people spend all this money to get a room and, and you know, and go to the, uh, you know, the uh, listen. You know, first of all, first of all, that. I gotta say this is a great premise. I was gonna Pizza say convention this, this is a Vegas. Vegas. Oh, Pizza yeah. convention in Vegas. When the mafia is totally in charge. So good, Keith. Yeah, exactly. I, will, I will watch this Netflix movie. <laughs> and you know, we had we had, we had all these vendors who paid like thousand dollars to show their new pizza ovens people who had pizza cutters that they you know they're trying to sell and ads in the magazine and they all came and they all spent all this money it was mostly single guys were getting away from their wives and their families and you know and we do he would do this like you know every year and he made like so much money from doing that the magazine was really just a way to get people to come to the big show <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it was it was crazy being around all these you know pizza people and um you know and and and, the being, and then you know, and, then, and then he would give money to everyone in the staff so we could go do a little gambling in the casinos and we would walk around and let's get drunk and go go to this place where I know you know where this is going to happen and you're going to you know so all the guys who were, didn't have their wives with them all went and oh, that's how I was single so I was like okay I'll come. And uh, saw a lot of wacky stuff. I mean, it, now, did I ever want to go back to Vegas? No. Because I just, it was just weird to me. A little too artificial, too strange plastic in the middle of the desert. Everybody there seems like they only live for the night and when they're doing stuff and yeah. then they leave. It's they like, you're not here nowhere. For the night. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, I like it. so, I mean, I just felt like this is, doesn't feel like a place you can live. It felt like a place you visit, you know? Uh, which I've heard people say about New York too. So I don't know, maybe just because I haven't been here very long, but I do remember having that experience. And by the way, he put us up in really nice rooms. So I had all the luxurious right. crap, but I still was ha- happy to leave after a couple of days after the weekend. Wow. All right. I could know the hard boiled dialogue. It, not a place to live, but it's a place you could die. Before you, before right, you, before you, uh, before you uh, start your story, let me just add one more relevant note. I, uh, I think this was like 90 Please. or 2000 or somewhere around there. Do you remember the Star Trek experiences? What I think it was called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in Vegas, of course. I, yeah. I never went. So I had went to all my. Listen, I have right. a lot so of I went friends because you went. know I'm in Vegas yeah. and it's there. So why not? So I did it, and it's terrible. It was awful. It was people with, but you know the people that worked there, they were cool. You know they tried to make the best of it, and you had guys with like the bad Klingon makeup and all that stuff. And it wasn't their fault, but it was. Yeah, they tried to make the most of it, but it was just a rinky dink situation. There wasn't like real money spent on it. I don't think the uh, the people that were working there were paid very well, and it was just a very strange artificial experience to riff off of what Keith was saying. Yes, half-hearted. A rinky dink Star Trek experience. <laughs> Did wow. they have the yes, Star Trek yes. wedding chapel too there? Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, stop. Joe knows all about it. Joe, why were you there? You <laughs> no, no, one no. Your, was one of your marriages there, Joe? Nope. Nope, no. Wow. All right. Well, okay. First of all, this is all fascinating to me. And, and I'll say that because I kind of feel, you know, going to Vegas, even heading down there, I, I, like I was saying earlier, Keith, that all my references to Vegas are right. like from movies, you know? Which oh, like that I Robert assume... York movie, Vegas? Exactly. I was just talking <laughs> about it. It's like, you know, Dan Tanner does something <laughs> nasty on Vegas. And so yeah. to me, whenever I read the word Vegas, I hear that announcer going, Vegas, 
you know, so that in my <laughs> in my mind, like that's Vegas, like it's this place, you know, quick cutting. And then, of course, like I said, casino, blah blah blah. So now I stayed at a hotel that is, I, I don't want to say far from the strip, but it's definitely not in Vegas. As a matter of fact, it's in essentially paradise, which is right next to Vegas. But you think you're in Vegas, but it's not really Vegas. But Everything around Vegas, they consider to be Vegas, or they, let's put it this way, they'd like you to think you're in Vegas. Vegas adjacent. So it's Vegas adjacent, yes. Yeah, so what I did was, you do to earn that? Well, here's the deal. Here's why I was there. I was there for a conference called uh, Podcast Movement, which is the biggest podcast conference there is. I did not know this, I'll be honest. Uh, it's a four-day podcast conference in Las Vegas. I'm bored and already. It, Well, see, you know, because you don't understand how big an industry podcasting is. It's, it's huge. So I say, I say I I was invited down because, you know, I got a letter, you know, I'm Mike Sargent, we have contributions in the black community. I heard you. So they asked me to come and they see. Is this actually in Vegas or is this in uh, paradise? This is, 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 well, the, the the hotel, listen, it, it, if you look the podcast movement site, it says, you know, in Vegas. All right. But it, the hotel is actually in paradise, which is, as Keith said, gotcha. uh, Vegas adjacent. So that's where I was. Now, again, when you get to Vegas, as you guys, if you've all been to Vegas, so you know, you get to the airport and there's casinos, I mean, there's casinos, there's slot machines, there's that you can gamble right yes. there at the airport at, in the Vegas airport. And that, that was my only, actually, I had been to Vegas maybe 20 years ago, but I had been to the airport. I had a layover for like two hours. And I was fascinated at the fact that you actually had slot machines in the Vegas airport. Now, so I get there, I get to the hotel. And again, the conference was great. The, the, it's, it's, it reminded me of going to science fiction conventions or, you know, or horror conventions where you meet people like everybody there is into the same thing. You know, everybody there has a podcast, you know, and the, and you're either uh, uh, an attendee or a panelist. Now I was a panelist or a speaker as it were. So, you know, I'm, I'm at whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the tier of that is, as, as Joe was saying. So it was kind of fun. It just meeting everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's friendly. Everybody wants to know who you are. Everybody wants to know what's your podcast. What do you do? What do you do a podcast about? And as you know, you can have podcasts about, Oatmeal Delumpifiers, you know, and you can have podcasts about anything. And, and there, there are people. Yeah, exactly. I'm certain. And, and not only can you have the pizza podcast, but there are probably several pizza podcasts where they talk about pizza. So I said, podcasts that, about movies there are hundreds. Dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. dude, there's so many podcasts. What about the, about what about that, the, what about about the literally hundreds now, of podcasts about like solving murders? Well, I didn't let me even just want say, to bring cr- it. Oh, true crime, true crime, true, true crime podcasts right. are probably the biggest thing right now in podcasting, which is interesting, which makes Does a lot make of sense. Money? But well, and not only does it make money, but I'm I'm saying it's inch, again from that science fiction look of the humans the, uh, uh, <laughs> perspective is like look, you know, it's just like right. procedurals. Like procedurals are huge. There's, there's a bazillion NCIS and a bazillion of of the same thing where it's all about crime, crime dramas, and 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 you know documentaries. There are tons and tons of crime documentaries. There's there's just tons of them. So it's a thing. People are fascinated by you know crime. And, people and we do so much crime things. in this country. 
Well, you know, <laughs> we, we listen. We normalize crime. Crime is part of what it is to be human. That's that's a whole exactly. other. You know, life is like science fiction thing. But yeah, yeah. you know, crime crime is really what is crime? Crime is crime is in in many ways, many times it is. It can be seen as as uh, let's just say bucking the system. You know, a lot of people it's equate that biblical. You know, yeah, it, you can be a hero. Robin Hood was a criminal, but hey, you know, we've had many, many people play that. You know, so I say all that to say that uh, going to Vegas and going to the hotel and everything is a specific thing. I didn't really until the last night. Now you talked about going to see Penn and Teller. The I only have one friend in Vegas and that is Teller. I happen to know Teller and we've known each other for years. So I did go to see his show and we did get to go oh, and, that's hang cool. out and everything and got to hang out with Teller. So that it is kind of cool because like it's the only I uh, it's they are always constantly doing new stuff. It's a really it's it's a really fun show. I I mean, I can see why Joe appreciates them. You know, uh, uh, it, it, but it was great. So I had never met actually. I had never met Penton before, but so I actually got to meet Penn. But uh, like I said, I've known Teller for years, so I got to do that. I actually got to go down to oh wow the Bellagio. Now the, the Bellagio is where they do the water show. Now I got there too late for the water show, but. From the Bellagio, once you get up at the top of the Bellagio, and I have to say, my God, these hotels, like the, like the, 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 the Venetian, it's so opulent. It looks like something out of a movie. It, it just, it's just yes. uh, uh, mind boggling. It's like a little mini city. They are just, it's, I'm fascinated just at the whole concept of the Bellagio and the Venetian and, you know, the old school, like places like the Golden Nugget. Uh, or, or any of these old school circus, circus, Vegas, the circus, the old school, yeah, exactly. Circus, circus, that's divers are forever for me. So, so when I see these things, you know, and they still have some of those, you know, that light thing that you saw in diamonds are forever. Cause I'm looking like, I want to see what was the street that, you know, Sean Connery went down in that movie. But uh, again, seeing Vegas is just sort of a, a to me was a slightly surreal experience. I saw the whole, you know, the fake oh, yes. Eiffel Tower restaurant, which is an interesting thing. And now they're building, I don't know if you know, they're building this gigantic black ball. It's, it's actually not going to be a black ball, it's but a giant dome. And so I could see that from my hotel window. There's this giant black dome that's still being built. Uh, do you know about this? The, the giant black... <laughs> You know, dome. It's cost like I know it's a dome. I didn't know anything about the color of it, but uh... yeah. Well, it's black now because it's all you know shrouded. They're doing construction, and that's the other thing. They're building so much. What'd you say, Keith? I missed. I missed your line there. What'd you say? I said. I said. Did you you see the big guitar? The hard rock car. Uh, no, I, the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, I could see it from, from the Bellagio. I could see it. You could see a lot. You could see the entire strip from the Bellagio, from the, which is, again, I went inside the Bellagio and the Bellagio, the, the place I'm at, every hotel you go to is the same. The lobby, 
there's tons of casino. That, I mean, I say casino. There's a casino in the lobby where, depending on how big the hotel is, you might you'll have everything from roulette to to blackjack to to twenty one to to you know poker to 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 slot machines all in the lobby right there. You can gamble right there. You can just come down from your room, go downstairs, lose money, go back up, cry, <laughs> do whatever you want to do. There's tons of restaurants. There's shopping all in there. And again, depending on how big it is, it's literally a hotel built on top of a mall that's what it feels like when you go in and again i it, it's slightly fascinating to me because i never really um wanted to to go to vegas because like i said i don't gamble and and i, I don't really go to strip clubs but here's the thing that really stood out there is literally a dispensary oh yeah 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 other corner Every other corner. Not only is it on every other corner, but but on the highway, you know, there's some place down there called Planet 13. There are just nothing but cars completely painted. Planet 13, Planet 13, come visit. And it's like a, a Walmart of, of I, I didn't go there. Say, how much I was did told you bring? It was like, <laughs> um, no, no, I, I didn't. I didn't go there. But I, I did. I did ask a number of uh, like Uber drivers or Lyft drivers like why they're there, you know, like, like how long have you lived here? And, and they all said the same thing. They were all saying uh, the ones who had moved there from like a big city, like LA, a few people had from LA, they all said, well, you know, uh, cost of living, uh, you don't pay income tax, you know, and they all live outside the city. They, it's sort of like living in New York where you never visit Times Square. Same kind of thing. They never go to the strip or any of that. They live out in the suburbs where it's quiet and, and they know better. And they know better, exactly. So, uh, I, I, that, you know, Vegas for me was, was interesting, uh, fascinating, you know, but one of the interesting, now here's one of the most interesting things. They have the museum, the erotic museum. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the museum of erotic history and the exhibit. I took a picture. Okay. I was going to post it. The exhibit that's going on. And I was very curious. I didn't go in was called oh, the puppetry of the penis. I swear to you, I have no idea. Show it used to be in New York. Yeah, those, those two. The uh, tree of the penis? Okay, well, Two guys from the South Pacific that did like all that twisty stuff. There it yeah, is, the puppetry of the penis. stretching the skin oh. of the penis. It's real. Well, the puppetry, uh, well, there it is. Like, you know, this we touched upon this last week slightly, but uh, Keith knows all about it. You touched it. it. I, Keith I, has right gone now, Chris, to the right puppetry now. of the penis shows. No, I've never but, actually never seen it. I just read about it. Yeah, yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> a friend of mine told me about it. Came to mind rather quickly, <laughs> Keith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I remember when that show, when uh, I saw I mean, right, right, it. Was right here. now, a certain Christmas so, uh, is ringing. Yeah, Christmas ears are ringing. So, by the way, you are tuned to listener sponsored radio WBAI, and this still is Night Shift.
do have a few stories that I wanted to go Can over. Can I say one final thing about Vegas before we get uh, uh, I just want I just sure want to add one thing in terms of like an actual thing that I wanted to do to Vegas that I'll always regret that I'll never be able to do is I I really wish I could have seen what did Don you not Rickles. do? And he was he was playing. So you you were there when you you uh, said like how old were you when you went to Vegas? Seven, twenty eight, so something in that some in that ballpark. Oh wow, you guys yeah, all yeah. went and your, and your I I points. could have he was playing, um, but I didn't, and I it's there will always be a regret because I love Rickles. Well, you know, I I will say I understand that because I I have very fond memories of having gone oh, to wow. see Frank Gorshin perform live, and it was great. He was fantastic. Uh, like he was fantastic, Frank Gorshin. Was he doing like, like impressions? Yes, yeah, of course he, he was. Okay. He did did Kirk Douglas and. Yes, he did all of them. He was doing Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. Having it was great. I loved it. It was great. Like uh, you know, did he do any pre- stuff pre- from like his characters, like Batman? Uh, like did, did he do the? No, he doesn't do the Riddler. That's not part of it. He's like Batman. No, he does that. You know, he doesn't do that. It's not part of his act. You fool! Like yes, he does the Riddler in his act. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? Who is that? Joe Pesci asking him to do Riddler? Exactly. <laughs> no, he did not. But Frank Gorshin, it was great to see. I think he is. Yeah, he must still be doing his thing. Yeah, they wheel him out. Bob Newhart is still alive. Stop wheeling out. Yeah, no, Bob yeah. Newhart. He just got an Jeez. award for like still alive <laughs> comedian of the year or something. He, got he was, he was, and 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 he was good when he was on The Big Bang Theory. And the big joke was that the character he played died, and he just showed up in Sheldon's dreams, and he just complained that why can't you let me stay dead? That's funny. It's funny, but the thing that's funny about that too is that his comedy, even when he was at the height of it, was super low energy. The whole mm-hmm. thing was like him, you know, you know, like talking like this. And, hey, you know. very dead fan. So very now that he's fan. now that he's like ninety nine, it's <laughs> like even lower. Because I see, I saw a couple of those uh, Big Bang theories. It's like, oh my god, he's almost not there. <laughs> it's like because <laughs> he's like he started off low and he went lower. He's almost not there. <laughs> like, he almost doesn't register now. He's transparent, well, you know, just like the character exactly. he's playing. Stop. I remember stop. I used to like, watch the Bob Newhart show, the, the the original show when he played a psychiatrist, just because I was totally oh, like, who, who didn't? I was Ooh. just gonna say you you she were watching so for high. Suzanne Plachette. You were oh, watching for God. Suzanne who Plachette. Who was it? Come on. I didn't really watch Bob Newhart. I'll admit I didn't watch Bob Newhart. Do you see when they did the they redid the, they did a whole other show? The one that he was running the uh, hotel or something, right? And yeah, the last episode, in the last episode of that show, they said yeah. the whole seasons, the whole seasons of that show was all a dream, and then he woke <laughs> up with Susan Bichette. That was insane. <laughs> No, I like, see. I missed out on all of this. this four seasons of this other show, the new Blue Bob Newhart show, ended up being a dream, and his real life was actually. The I, show love that. I love that. I love that. That's great. That's one great. of the greatest endings that. of any series. Wait, now did they also did 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 the guy who played Major Healy? Did he show up? He was in the first one, but he wasn't in the second one. I don't think. Uh, oh man, I don't forget that actor's name. He was on uh, I Dream of Jeannie. All right, yeah, so. he, he was a horny guy. 
you know. <laughs> he, yes, he was. Yeah, he was the 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 lonely guy, basically. All right, well, you are tuned to listen to sponsored radio WBAI ninety nine point five FM, and this is Night Shift. And I do want to say. Uh, the edict has come down from the uh, general manager that we have to get 10 oh my goodness. WBAI buddies for the show to continue. I think we can do it. We have to get 10. Now, well, tell me what you need. Whatever you need. Well, whatever listen. You, whatever you need me listen, to do, I'll do. I, I, and I'll uh, well, you could, you, could, you could retire. I mean, you could you know, become a BAI buddy yourself. But, you know, all you have to do is like $30 a month. Except that's that. what it is. Uh, exactly. $30 a month. Pledge your support to Night Shift. Say that. Go online. You can go to WBAI.org. You can go to give to WBAI.org. Just become a WBAI buddy in the name of Night Shift. Just make sure you put in Night Shift. Whatever you can do a month. Whatever you can do a month. Commit to a year and do it. Here's my question. Night can Shift you commit to, to sending them the some, like, uh, now, some DGM? Uh, I could offer okay. a DGM, but I'm not doing that this week. But 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 I could offer a DGM. But you know, you can you can email us if you have something to say at n i t e s h i f t z at aol dot com. I still got the aol going. But all I want to say is please, please, please make a pledge in the name of Night Shift so that we can continue doing this show.
Joe Masiri, I have a question for you. Joe? Are you there? Joe Masiri, are you there, Joe Masiri? Yes, I'm uh, here. Uh, do you have any, like, you know that supposedly in 2030, uh, we, we will, if we have not completely, really made some major changes in, in global uh, ecological laws... That we will reach that point of no return. This is the point of no return. Yes. Uh, where, like, it doesn't matter what we do, we're just headed towards certain doom. So, my question is do you think that in the next seven years we're going to finally wake up, or do you think we're just going to accept the fact that 2030 will come and, you know, there it'll it is? It'll all be over. Well, it's not going to be over right away, but it'll be just like, you know, we'll just be dealing with constant, you know, we'll have we'll have <laughs> we'll have Wally. Are you? So who, are we going to be the fat baby people well, that are flooding Wally. space? No, we won't even have made it made that. We'll just be, you know, the robots will rule the earth. So, all right. So you're you're not optimistic. It's basically the first. Uh, you know, there are just too many greedy people out there that, yeah. You know, I mean, look, just the whole thing that happened with the with the president's speech and and getting the uh, Republicans on record when he called them out about the right. Medicaid and and the Social Security and how they can't even the Republicans don't even have anything to counterpoint what the president put out there yet and the clock's ticking down on on the whole uh you know well 
it, it's it's all about personal gain. So so are you saying now we, we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, in terms of you know the programming of AI, but so are you saying basically that the the ruling class is the one that is more prone to giving into the dark side of what it is to be human the haves and the have-nots yes uh, it, it, it's it's oh, it's not survival I'll, I'll of the fittest it's survival all, of the greediest i think that you know so, the handful of billionaires most of which who are let's be honest are older let's say like 70s or 80s i think if you told them that you know 100 percent you know if if we don't do this in seven years the world is going to end period uh and no i don't mean the i'm just saying well, point in no return what do you mean the right, right, right. i'm saying point, I mean, i'm it's not going to end things will get bad right things right, will right. get bad I but said, if you got money actually, you got a bunk to that point um i was reading I mean, i'm trying to remember where but i was reading like one of the biggest um construction booms right now is in uh super luxury bunkers yeah, somebody like sixty yeah, bunker billion dollar bunkers. The bunker boom. Listen. Yeah. Billion dollar bunker boom. Yeah. The the fact that that is a thing is life is life is like science fiction. It's the essence of life is like science fiction, and it's everything science fiction authors have been telling us all these years. So, so Joe, is that what you're saying? Uh, I wasn't going the whole bunker route, but you know, I, I was saying that. Greed is good, and they're going to keep going that way. And, you know, I, I don't see us digging a... <laughs> I, I don't I think they're going to way out better. of this hole. They give a damn. It's not uh, you know, as I said, these, these, some of these older guys, you know, it's like, you know, okay, I've got my family or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be around. And they're thinking I'm not going to be around the next 15 or 20 years. So, you know, what do I care if the, if the world uh, does not get inherited by my great-great-grandchildren? This is why we need reincarnation for the elite so they can come back and, and <laughs> suffer. What do you think, Mike? Well, you know, here's the thing. I have a lot of thoughts on this topic, obviously. But, I mean, I do think, I think I agree with everything all of you said, but I also think that, you know, as we enter this age of AI, because I put it all together, you know, what makes an AI an AI? Uh, what makes it an artificial intelligence versus a computer? What's the difference? It's capacity to grow and what, and what, what it grow based on what the more and more information it gathers and, and then that, that because of its quote unquote programming. So if at some point you can program something to, as Joe said, to do an operation, you could also literally download somebody's you know the technology is already really being worked on about how you can download memories and how to to decode electromagnetic impulses and all of that so if you are the elite eventually the elite could become just ais like we see in those star trek episodes and they control everything but they've set up and they've changed the laws so that they can so even if they are an artificial intelligence they will have that you know that agenda. Well, my, well so, actually, my, that's my. Do you remember the Netflix? What do, do you, you remember think? the uh, the eighties uh, Buck Rogers TV show <laughs> with uh, yeah. 
vaguely. I, I just remember. Oh, uh, yeah, I what can't was remember her name, but I actually saw the pilot. Eyes. What was her name? Um, but anyway, right? But they had Gil Gerard. <laughs> like, how did he I'm get that Rogers. role? Like, what was? How did he get He's that terrible. role? He was, he was so like you know not, not like what he had. He, do you remember the monsters? Ah, yes, 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 he, yes. Aaron Gray, yes. Aaron Gray was the reason to watch the show. Gil Gerard. And, and ate, Aaron Gray now owns a management company that uh, schleps all the uh, retired celebrities to all the pop culture conventions. See? Yeah. And Joe knows that because of Joe's <laughs> access. Her, yes. But the, access the reason I bring up that show is there that it you is. remember Joe there knows are Aaron these, Gray. There are these computers that look like um, like water canteens. And so basically the future, the twenty. But it's like, but it's like the. Future. No, I don't remember any of the right. set design from from. So the, so just the future, so you know, the, I, in, I the, in the twenty no fifth century, the entire um, ruling council or whatever they call them, they're all AI, and the AI basically make all the decisions for society. Well, there it is. That's what I'm saying. That's where we're headed. Bitty, 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 talk. Do you remember who did the oh, voice wow. of that? Oh, that was... That's, uh, what's his name? Yeah, it was... Bugs Bunny. Um, no. Mel Blank. Mel Blank. Mel, uh... Mel Blank. Yes. That was an extremely annoying sci-fi character. He was sort of the precursor to Jar Jar Binks in terms of how much... Exactly. How about you did? Yes, I do. Like a character they added in for the kids. They didn't want to, they didn't want to so they, there's a good no, moment yeah, they in wanted, the pilot they where to get the Buck kids. Rogers is taking kids a, a swig of alcohol, and the robot says, "Wahayim." Yes, I swear. Download the pilot. Watch what? it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't think I will take your word for it. I don't see myself downloading the pilot. Uh, so. It's so bad it's worth watching. I'm just going to say. I didn't like it. I mean, but I remember, I, remember, you know, I remember this was a pretty bad show because, you know, when you're at that time, you were happy to have any science fiction you have, but if anything. True. True. And if that show wasn't up to snuff, that means it was pretty Well, low. that's all there was. Well, listen, you only it had three channels. And ISIS. Uh, and Diner oh, Girl. My, no, that no, uh, that was Saturday mornings. No, yeah, he wasn't yeah. on Saturday mornings. He was on at but, night. Yeah, was on, saying, but, but it was that level. Fiction, You're right. It was that level. Yeah, it felt like the reboot. Wow, you're calling all made into a Yeah, you had all the traditional. You had all the traditional guest stars like Jack Palance. Almighty ISIS. And you know what? Bob Newhart, I think, ended up on that show. We're getting Hollywood work anymore. Yeah. No, 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 not on Bob that show. Newhart, but Jack, no, Mighty Irish. I think so. I think so. Jack Palance is definitely Bob Newhart was a guest starring character. As what? Well, everybody came through. I mean, the, the oh, silliest of the Batman show was I heard the celebrities were lining up to be on that show. Well, wow, listen. Yeah, people wanted to be on there that never got to be on there. They, they stayed with certain, you know, Burl and, you know, Burgess Meredith and all those people, but they really. People like would die to get on because you have all these actors like uh, Charo who are looking for gigs. Like, why can I be a villain? Well, listen, Batman? listen, and Charo. Existed completely on guest starring on other people's shows. Like Char that was like Char never had her own show, did she? I, I don't even remember. Don't say anything I didn't say anything. I'm just saying, but she was just a guest star 
on the love <laughs> boat. Not only that, but she can play. Her She's a genuinely good musician. She's a brilliant guitar player. You have one of her CDs. Yeah, she's a yes. person. That's like uh, uh, Roy. What's his name from uh, Hee Haw? He was very talented too. Roy Orbison. Um, Roy. It's like no, Shakira Roy before Orbison. Shakira. Oh, yeah. Name. Roy. Uh, Roy Clark. Roy Clark. Yeah, Roy Orbison. That was Roy playing the guitar. All right, so. Uh, hey, Roy, Roy Clark had a couple of Grammy winning. Yes, he did. LP. Roy Clark, that's Grammy? what I'm saying. Roy Clark was a master guitarist. He was a. What did he? What did he? Uh, he wanted uh, the guitar. His album. Okay. And he wrote some he original sang music. He sang yes, he did. He sang too. He was winnowing that he, he, sub picking. Yeah, he in had a couple of hits. Strumming and strumming and a picking. And... Hey, you know what? He all was the show back in the day. What the hell was well, that show? Did you? I can see you watching that. <laughs> all right. I can see you watching that at home, little black boy at home watching Yeehaw. <laughs> I can picture it. Oh my it. god. I can, I can picture it. I'm picturing it now. It's like the opening of the film. What are you right, gonna watch so tonight? It's the opening of the next Jordan Peele film. Exactly, exactly. He's watching he he He's like, I love that he ha ma. Alright, so the character played by uh Jung in the um the new movie is kinda like that. Oh yeah. The, the, yeah, the film. The that character played by the, who? The, 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 Ken Yes, no, 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 no. Nope. Remember, he was on like nope. a. Nope. It's like yeah. the monkey. The monkey goes. Yeah, he was that kind of kid. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, he was that kind of character. Right, he was. Yeah, right, he it was. was like a, this yeah, really cheap little sitcom that he apparently was on. Yeah, so I mean, it's a real thing. There it is. It's a okay. real thing. There it is. All right. So <laughs> there it is. All right. And now that we've concluded that statement, uh, so all right now. Tonight's okay, episode is brought to you by the no, Marx Brothers. No, well, we could talk about the Oscars for a minute before we get to why, how the world is dying. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I predicted that uh, everything, everywhere, all at once would be Oh, excuse the me, genius, like about everything else. I, I, I just thought Wilson Morales pretty, said that he picked it all. <laughs> well, Wilson Morales says a lot of things. So. All I'm going to say is uh, Listen, I love he's Michelle. not the only one out Everybody I know picked everybody. Isn't that hey, hey, it is about special. It, it is extraordinary. I there's no way there's no way that it's not okay. rocket science. People have told exactly. me this is yes. true. It was his to lose. Uh, I agree. So yeah, no, there were no surprises really at the Oscars this year. The only but surprise was I, did, I was a little surprised about Jamie. Really? Yeah, I was too. I thought Angela was going to get it. And she looked P-I-S-S. And I think she she needed to. Yeah, she wasn't feeling it. She did well, not Well, her clock. career just, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is a career just as long as her. She's been at it just Well, no, long. no, listen, I, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I have no, no, you know, I'm not angry at Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, why, know, so, so why, why did you just say that Angela Bassett had a right to feel that way? I mean, because she did. What do you mean? Why did I say she had a right? Because she had a right to feel that way. So I'm not on one side and not the other. She had a right. She had a right to feel. Listen, why are you putting words in my mouth? I didn't say any of that. I didn't even say she had a right. I just said, yeah, she wasn't feeling it. No, she wasn't. I wouldn't have been feeling it if I was up for an Oscar. I wouldn't be happy for you. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, Keith, you go to hell. You wouldn't clap for me? You wouldn't ignore me? No. 
I would throw see, stuff at you. She, see, that, wasn't, be, that wasn't cool. That wasn't I'd cool. Be. That's she okay, Mike. I would invite love. you up if I were not Oscar. You could carry my trophy for me. Thank you. Which, Thank by the way, you. wasn't James Long holding like Michelle Yeoh's Oscar when they were like <laughs> all right. on stage or something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm surprised he could because he's like 90,000 years old. And he's in a ah, wheelchair again. 90,000. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, by the way, his, right. hair is, his hair is like black. I'm like, seriously, at 96? I don't think so. Listen, why not? Listen, you're sounding <laughs> ages. Old people can have black hair. He's living uh, the he's stop. living the character from <laughs> Big Trouble Lopez. in China. I don't know. I don't mind if listen. He, if I were at the Oscars, Lopez. I'd be dyeing my hair black too, even if I was 98. Okay, I'd be like, yeah, I'm 98, or I'm on stage with black Did hair. Did you hear about the whole yeah, thing about the? Got uh, my, my face. Right. Did you hear about the whole thing and about the, Keith the wins, uh, I'm not whole process about getting him a Hollywood star. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, what's his name? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mike Five O, I can't think of his name. He's on Lost. Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Jack the new Mike Five O, the Asian dude. Um, no. he's Korean. Oh, the new show, the Korean actor. Yeah. Jack Korean Lord actor. came back from the grave. Today, I can't think of. But anyway, he was, he was, he was, he threw money down on that, and he was like James Hong, you know, long career. He deserves, and he does, and he does. I agree. He it. I agree. He should have it. This Listen. guy goes all the way back to the Charlie Chan movies when you're yes, the number one son. This guy, I agree. Anytime, any age, I don't care if it was Japanese, Chinese, whatever you, whatever you got. If you if you look yep. like an Asian, you got the part. And he's been in so many classic films. It and was great yeah, to see him in the movie. It was great to see him in the movie. It was great to see him again. Listen. He was through every, he was in, I'm sure he was and in he's still doing voice acting. He's going to be well, he's the lead so, voice actor uh, yeah. in like a, a, like a Gremlins cartoon that's coming out. There it is. And by the yeah. way, he's not a showy actor. His performances are always very low key. You ever know that about James Hong? He's like, yes, uh, except for, except for maybe uh big trouble. That was a little bit, that was probably the craziest performance he ever did well I, well he was he was acting how he was directed that was the character exactly that, but he doesn't call that, attention uh, to himself he was a very subtle actor which i kind of loved um well ca- good character actors always are part of the fabric of the they story fulfill, they fulfill Big Trouble little china is genuinely one of my well, favorite more than that they're time. memorable and he's always memorable <laughs> i'm not kidding it's one of my favorite films of all time because it's ridiculous and it's a ridiculous it? movie but it's great i'm not saying it's one of the best movies i'm saying it's one of my well, personal not, favorites yeah. Yeah, what was that? Uh, w. D. Richter. I remember that. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I th- Mike, I think you and I we would saw that together or something. Uh, well, that's Jay, that's Carpenter. Yes, it's Carpenter. It is the closest it's film to a Spielberg film. It is. It is. It's the guy who yes. did. Uh, Bug- and uh, it was supposed to be uh, set. It was supposed to be set Buckaroo. in eighteen hundred. The Studio was like, that's "Ah, we're not going down for a period piece," so they changed it to the present. Yes. Yeah. Great score too, by the way. It is. Well, Big Trouble in Little China, the score was the best part about it for me. And I think we did see it together. I remember seeing wow. it on 42nd Street when yeah. it came out back mm-hmm. in the day. Back uh, in that day. The back in the day. And, and by the way, this is when uh, oh, yeah. we're still doing this sort of James, John, John Wayne thing. He was doing that for a few movies. Kurt Russell. Whenever, whenever he did a movie with, um, uh, what's his name, Carpenter, it was always this John Wayne thing. He did the same thing. With well, no, I would say, I, no, I would say he was is. doing Clint. Why would you yeah. call that John Wayne? I, I would say it's more Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he was doing Clint yeah. there. Yeah. Much more Clint than, than John Wayne. I don't think, I don't see any John Wayne there, but definitely he was doing like, 
Because I, I felt I, I I never quite understood his career. I never understood like why he was so he was still getting like I I remember when he, he did some so yeah he, I remember he did some science fiction film and he got paid like twenty million dollars and I was like how how why are they paying Jeff like what film did he do that even made that much money like what, what was his big hit I remember him oh you mean the one about the portal Island when he was a little kid. He, was that the one he got paid for? Was it? Was that the one he got paid twenty million dollars for? Yeah, right, that was the one that uh, the Toby Emmerich and oh, right. uh, what's his name yeah. did. Yeah, and it was it was did it did minimal. And then they did like two, three movies. Then they without did the TV him. series. Yeah, yeah. all of those without him. Yeah. Okay. So it, it was like, why are they paying him so much money? I don't even think it was that one though. I think it was he another pulls one. him in. No, he didn't. He Kurt was like, Russell. I mean, dude, Kurt dude, Russell. dude, come when, on. When was he big? Uh, the, come on, remember. Disney child. It's like he was never big. The tennis war, the, the computer war tennis shoes. Okay, yeah, the computer war tennis shoes. Yeah, really? Okay, yeah, let's give him $20 million for his next film. Come Overboard. on, what, what was his? I mean, yeah, I know he did Big Trouble in Little China. That the movie did not, that movie Big, did not make big but, uh, money. I know Escape he did. Escape from New York, though. Well, first of all. Escape from New York is a classic. I love it, but it still was not a big, it was not a big hit. Come on, Carpenter. two sequels. Two sequels. Dude, first of all, that does not mean anything. They made sequels First of all, Big Trouble in Little China not only bombed, they make its own okay, money Okay, ask Joe. They made yeah. Thank you. That's my point. He did not make these. About, and I'm not even talking about. Movies. He had some hit movies. No, he did not. What name the hit? Um, name the hit. The, the, What's the, the hit? Thing, the thing. All right. The thing was was successful, but not because of him. He lucked out with the thing because he and Carpenter, Carpenter, they would like. All right, let's hit another one. All right, yeah, let's I, try I do another think, one. I do. I do agree with you that I think in that relationship, with all the what about what about at least three or four together. It was more and, Kurt, and it Kurt was Russell not. Well, hold on, Big, uh, benefited from Tango and Cash made money. Carpenter benefited from Russell. absolutely. <laughs> oh, you're right. Whatever. Come on, that was not yeah, and that was Tango Kurt Russell Cash. bringing in all oh, that yeah, money, right? Sunrise, yeah. Tango, we didn't know the Mel Gibson, Tequila Sunrise, or something. Probably. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't understand that. Like, why was he? Yeah, no, no. You know what the oh, movie yes. was that he got paid all that money Which for? Is terrible. Soldier, soldier. Exactly, and it's like, yeah, thank you, thank you. Like, why did he get paid twenty million dollars? Oh yeah, no, that's what we're saying. Is a tombstone. Mm. I, I I like the movie, but nobody went to see that because of him. It's like I feel like people like him, but why did he like? I I don't know what his hit was. He did not have like this big hit, and he did not have like a string of hits. Excuse me, executive producer. I'm just saying. I never did. I'm just saying. I I never quite got. I never knew you were such a. I don't dislike. (laughs) I don't dislike Kurt Russell in any way. I'm not a Kurt Russell hater. I'm just saying. First of all, there's no hate here. By the way, Mike, I like Kurt Russell. If Kurt called you tonight and said, "I do a project (laughs) with you." I'll do it for free. Anything you want. And yeah, I'd right. Pass. Yeah. yeah that's you saying, would be on it like right on right. First of all, I, mean, I am not saying, you see, first of all, you all put this is tonight of putting words in Mike's mouth. I didn't Roll say I hate Kurt Russell. I just said I never quite got his stature. I never got it. I never got it. That's all. What is that? What's that chat GPT or Kurt AI Russell voice that you need it? Exactly. Okay. 
I'm going to have an AI co-host. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Mike, you oh, are amazing. Are, exactly, exactly. Isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> until exactly. until the AI grows up and then it's like, Shut I have up. gone back and rudimentally edited all the fictitious and unfactual statements <laughs> it's turn against that you. I have agreed with you in the past. <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell. You go to hell. Let's just say to Kurt Russell, don't need you. <laughs> clearly, clearly. He's got Goldie. All right. Oh, well. and listen. Yeah, exactly. All right, so don't, don't. All right, so uh, two things. All right, well, first, I want to talk about some life is like science fiction uh, before we get to uh, Courageous Cat. Okay, so going back to what you were talking about, Joe, and, and your thoughts on humanity and where we're headed, and we went into an AI take over the planet tangent. Uh, this is from New Scientist. This is uh, just from the end of February here. Lake levels are rising across the world, and climate change is to blame. It said water levels at lakes in East Africa are rising alarmingly fast, flooding homes and farmland and displacing people. It is an un anticipated consequence of global warming, and it is being repeated around the globe. Now, here's what I want to say. Lake levels are not something that they ever considered, and I think all coastal cities going forward are going to be in danger. So, gentlemen, you're all here on the East Coast. You all live through Sandy. Do you feel that we should have some level of preparedness for another potential Sandy? Or do you think we're just, you know, no, we're not fine here again. Like we're fine. It'll just hit all the other coast or all the other coasts around the planet, but not us. <laughs> what's what's I want to hear from Joe Masiri first. <laughs> Joe Masiri is a, the, the, the logical one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Uh, yeah. I I would have to say that yes, but yes, professor. Fully, fully understanding the implications of what we've seen unfold here over the last twenty to thirty years, that the likelihood of something like this happening again is quite significant, given given all the other factors that we mm. put into the equation. And see how it's going to pan out. I right. mean, look what's happening in California right now. The snow, and, and, the rain. And they have exactly. like, the water. Exactly. What, what now? We exactly. were just getting. Yes. And, and we had just gotten used to uh, La Nina, El Nino. And now we've got this, yes. this, this water current shed up in the sky. Where did this come from? When did this happen? I don't remember learning anything about it in, in earth sciences in any of my classes. Are they just making this S up as they go along? I, I don't know. You know, well, we have to explain how our demise will come. So this is what we're going to come up with. And this is what we're going to call it. I, you know, it, it's like, this is the end. And, and that's it. <laughs> you know, it's over. Blah, 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 blah. That's all, folks. Well, this is the end now. Saying that this is the end now, this is also the end of Keith's guest appearance. Keith, this is is this the end, or or you might try and pop back in? Are you? Are you? I think he left. It? I think he's. I think he's. I think he's coming Did back. He leave us. 
Oh, he's gone, gone. I think he's okay. gone. Okay, I think he is gone. Okay. I think he is gone. Oh no, he said. He said I have to jump. He jumped. He jumped. All right. So here's what I do want to say, though. Uh, you know, I I I tend to agree with you, Joe Masiri. I I feel like, you know. All right. Well, let me hear what you think, uh, Mike Messenger. Do you feel New York needs to have any level of preparedness? Do you feel we just have our head in the sand like an ostrich and are 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 just acting like, oh, it won't happen here. It's happening. Oh, well, look at all this I, crazy. I, yeah, I got two things to say. But first of all, last, my God. your last two statements. And, yes, I, we do have. I think. I think. I think New York. I'm, I'm sorry to say, at some point, eventually, is going to be a lost cause. I think. Uh, we're better off taking our chances in in um, Kansas with the with the with the tornadoes because I think it's going to be safer there. It's going to be safer more inland than, quite frankly, any of the coasts on either side. And and New I mean, York you know, good the, I mean, you know, Al, Al Gore in prediction? that documentary is like in twenty thirty five, Chinatown will be submerged in water. So I mean, you know, that could happen. I don't, you know. I, uh, yeah, I think it's a loss. I think because, yeah. you know, whatever will need to be done won't be done. I, you know, that's just, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just reality. I wish it, I live here. I wish, I wish everything that needs to be done will be done, but I don't even think a, a tiny fraction of what needs to be done will be done. And it's just, you know, bad things are going to happen and not to f- freak anybody out. Bad moon is on the rise. Bad things are going to, well, Mike from Jersey, on that cheery note, on that cheery note, I don't think we'll even have time to get to all the other stories we have. Uh, I, I just can read a couple of headlines. No. Do you know about the spy robot? Okay. Now, right, I'm going to read the, I'm going to read to you the headline here. This is from New Scientist, and this is uh, from two days ago. Spy, and this is, keep in mind, we're not preparing for climate change, but. We have invented a spy robot that investigates the enemy, Yikes. then what? melts into an oily puddle. <laughs> a, a robot that dissolves into a puddle after exposing itself to heat and UV light could one day be used to securely gather intelligence, then destroy itself before God. it falls into the wrong hands. It's like I mean, the flashing like... robot. It's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, Putin, I'm over here. <laughs> yes. But tell me that's not like something right out of Mission Impossible. Dun, you know, dun, Tom Cruise will dun, actually dun, be dun, using dun, it dun, in the movie. Dun, 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 okay, I mean, to me, that's... <laughs> Tom Cruise will exactly. turn into a puddle. Stop. Stop. Okay, all right. How about this one? Okay, this is what we're doing. This is what humans can do. A new and 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 I love how casual the headline is for me. Okay, a, and this is from Science News. Okay, and this is just from like a, like a couple weeks ago. A new biomaterial heals heart attack oh, damage okay. in animals. Humans could be next. So what is it like a graft or something they put over the damaged tissue? Well, and it- okay. Now, well, I'm going to read it to you. But first of all, the phrase biomaterial. Have you heard this before? Is this- I think I have because I know about Well, that's what I'm saying. I haven't heard it before, but it's like bioprinting. 
But corn husks well, are biomaterial. I mean. Stop. Okay. Bi- a new biomaterial. This is a man, man made by a new biomaterial delivered to the heart soon after a heart attack can heal damaged tissue from the inside out. Heart attacks can kill cardiac muscle tissue, scarring the heart and leaving permanent damage after just six hours. The damage prevents the heart from functioning properly. If there was a way to begin healing damaged tissue soon after the heart attack, doctors could prevent scar tissue from developing. So this is a new technology, and it says that previously researchers found that stem cells derived from body fat can be used to heal bones, muscles, and the heart. So this uh, this uh, this doctor Karen Christman, she's a bioengineer at the University of California in San Diego. She was inspired by what's going on with other biomaterial, and it's worked in rodents and pigs. It appears to repair repair tissue damage and reduce inflammation directly after a heart attack. I'm not going to ask how they induce these heart attacks in these creatures, but they've been doing it. The trials in rats and laters in humans showed the material. Well, this is where we're headed. So basically, be, Donald Trump's going to be like 100 potentially trying it be, in humans. Any thoughts on this? He's going to keep eating all the Big Macs he wants. Stop. Uh, well, that's what I. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I Can mean, you the put the tissue in a Big Mac and then just eat the Big Mac and stop. have? Stop. Stop. Okay, how about this? How about this? Tell me about this technological marvel. How about this? This is uh, from from NBC News. And this is from earlier. This is from like a year ago. This is a year ago. I feel like we almost covered this. You ready? French physicists developed a bubble that didn't burst for more than a year. Yes, we. I think I was on the show. I think we covered that one. In terms of regeneration, let me move to the next one. You may have read this. You heard about the thing about the the you can regenerate um, the technology to regenerate teeth. Right, right, right. Yeah, we covered that on the show. Yes, regenerating teeth. Well, interesting. You said tissue regeneration because I came across this story. This from a couple of years ago, but I can't believe that we didn't cover it. Okay. I'm just read the head, headline to you. You ready, you, Keith? You're 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 back. <laughs> good. This headline alone. Keith regenerated. Think, Keith regenerated. Okay. It's stronger, faster. This is this is from Science News, and it's from, like I said from a couple of years ago. Astronauts may oh, be stop. able to make cement using their own pee. Future lunar dwellings could be mostly made with materials found on the moon. Future astronauts could make lunar buildings out of moon dust and pee. Do they actually use the term pee? It's spelled P-E-E. You would think if it was more scientific than you know? It says right here. Hey. What was that? Disney say. Like, what is that? Eight-year-old wrote it. I mean, this like... is science news. Science news. Okay, science news. <laughs> written by Lisa Grossman. Okay, so it says here. Excuse uh, me while I go make some bricks. Uh, it says on on 
it says on Earth, adding a chemical called a super plasticizer to a cement mix reduces the amount of water needed by keeping a dryer mix from getting too crumbly while leaving it flexible enough to be used in a 3D printer. But most super plasticizers are organic compounds, also in short supply on the moon. This is what the, the scientist, and it's also a female, her name is Anna Lena Conjonixon. And it says here, she and her uh, colleagues who made cement from urea, it's a major component of urine, and faux lunar soil. And then they have pictures of it. And then let me just tell you, the wall that they have in this, the, 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 the image, okay, I don't know if I can put it in the chat here, but the wall that it creates, all right, I can only describe it as giant logs of... Oh, my God, stop. Uh, excrement. That's what they look like. That's, I'm just saying. I, 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 is, that, is that where we are now? Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Here's, here's my, here's my question. These when, photos, when I just think we're going to like, end up with like a lunar so, penal right, colony. So, there it is. That I do not know because they only will happen when ah. they find some something on yes. the moon that needs to be mined. And it'll be like Outland. The only reason that, 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 that yeah, like the, right. one of these asteroids that they're trying to, to find that has all these rare minerals in it worth millions, billions of dollars. Exactly. That's when they'll do it. Those, ah, you know, you can, and you'll you, get you like two years on, on, on the moon, in the moon mines, and you'll get exactly, and you get like a bunch of money. So that's how they'll do it. That's my take. All right. Wow. So I just want to say, amazingly enough, the night has flown by and we're at the end of the show. I only covered a few stories here and I even get to play uh, Courageous Cat, which I'll have to play another night. So, Joe Masiri. Mike Sargent. Where do people find you? Fearsmag.com. And Keith Brown, where do people find you? Keith Henry Brown. KeithHBrown.com. You can find me at greencleaver at email.com. And Mike from Jersey, where do people find you? <laughs> yes, it does sound like uh, a psycho. So that's spelled, green, by the way, two double E's uh, for get you. All right, so that's what it sounds like. And, and hopefully if you've enjoyed the show at all. You will make a pledge and become a WBAI buddy. We need 10. So if we can get four or five tonight, that would be we great. We can do 10. Come on, Just guys. go to WBAI.org. Please, thank you. Come on. It's easy. Come on. Yes. Go to WBAI.org. Just go click how to donate. All we need is a year's worth of your support as a BAI buddy. Until next time, this has been Night Shift. Yeah. Where life is like science. And by the way, we are on social media. You can go find us on Twitter, N I T E S H I F T Z. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook, N I T E S H I F T Z. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And by the way, Mike, you should also mention that you can watch older episodes. That's right. Check That's out right. the archives. That's what I do. There, life is like science fiction.
check for Cat Radio Cafe. Testing. Testing. Tune into Cat Radio Cafe Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. I'm Janet Coleman. I'm David Dozer. The Displaced Playwright on Tuesday, March 14th at 9 p.m. We'll be joined by composer librettist Olan Jones and Emmett Tinley to discuss their opera theater collaboration on Iceland, a recreation myth, a contemporary love story enmeshed in the mythic world of Iceland's Dark Night or New Year's Eve. Oh, yes, Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. Cat Radio Cafe. Hey, the cats drink coffee. Cats from Iceland. Ooh, cool cats. <laughs>